da 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 You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Well, guys, for the third week in a row, <laughs> Netflix time. Man. Could Netflix, yeah, about Netflix. Play us, pay us a little bit? That'd be cool. Like, we're doing the Lord's work over here. Watching it is. Talking them up. I mean, they need it, clearly. Uh, they need our pub. So It's about, yeah, it's about time do. somebody's talking about Netflix, right? <laughs> doing them a favor, giving them some pub. Yeah, plucky up. On our sir. little pod here. And that's good. It's good. I heard about this Charlie Kaufman guy. I think he's got some potential to build an audience, and uh, we'll see where that goes. But yeah, Ryan, I I can't remember. We were talking last week, maybe the end of the last week. Mm-hmm. I think we had to flex out of a movie. Wasn't it uh, On the Rocks is not out until yeah. on demand until the end of the, the month. Mm-hmm. We had planned on talking about the Sofia Coppola on the rocks movie with Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. And turns out yeah, by, it's not, turns out it's only in yeah, select in, theaters in the yeah, middle of a pandemic. Theaters, so, so that makes <laughs> very helpful. But yeah. So yeah. So if you're listening to this <laughs> Apple TV plus employee, we'd be talking about the movie and pubbing it right now. If you'd have made it, uh, made it available, it doesn't make sense to anybody to do it yeah. this way, but here we are more Netflix talk. <laughs> But instead, they're putting On the Rocks out the same week that Borat 2 comes out. And I can tell you, mm. it's going to lose that matchup. <laughs> you don't think schedule. hashtag On the Rocks is going to be trending that weekend? <laughs> yeah, w- week before the election yeah, with the uh, Borat uh, <laughs> movie? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, good observation. Man, I cannot wait for that. I kind of sl- slipped that one under, under the rug exactly. Mm. <laughs> uh, Sasha Baron Cohen style of... <laughs> Doing it privately and all right, that right. is awesome, I'm, but I cannot. I'm, I'm cannot if you probably had asked me a month ago, what's the one thing you want in life right now? I'd say another <laughs> Borat. I mean, I I think we I'd recommended Ollie G. I, I yeah. went back and watched all of Ollie G during uh, the quarantine. I was pretty. I mean, as I think we can all remember, I was pretty Borat. I loved Borat. You know, when it come out in 07, 06. I loved Borat. I, and then I was pretty bored it out for about ten years, yeah. Um, yes, just because of every, you know, which my wife, yeah, yeah, it happens. It's people plus you know, it's a very uh, definitive comic voice that's like not a thing you rewatch every other week or something. Sure, but uh, man, I watched it a year ago. I can almost tell you, I know exactly because it was the night after my friend's wedding, which was in October last year, and. I was like, man, this is so freaking funny. Like it came, and then and then I haven't watched it since and now it's time for the sequel. Like I'm glad I took eight years off from it and now I'm I'm super hyped. But yeah, it was funnier than I remember it being. And there's so many Man just yeah. word choice jokes and I mean obviously there's the big funny character stuff, but there are some really subtle, unbelievable things he does. And again, the the magic trick of improving with people don't know your that don't know your improving mm-hmm. is the greatest thing in the world mm-hmm. man he is a he's a master of that so the the etiquette um yeah. sequence in that is great and as well as the when he's with the college bros and they're <laughs> just broing down is there there's there's a lot of stuff that's that's great but yeah man i agree with you richard it's it's one you don't revisit often but and the past couple and months, past couple weeks, it's been. And he's yeah. made so many bad movies since, and uh, yeah, and, that, and then just when you know uh, subsequent movie film as the s- subtitle, you're like, oh, I'm in. This is 100 percent the right tone. Like the fact that it's called subsequent movie film is hysterically funny. <laughs> right. That weird man. Trans- he should translation. He should have won like best actor for I've that. Been that saying role. that for years. The definition of acting is making people believe you're the character and everyone yeah. in that movie believes he is that character. So to me, he was the best actor of that year. Yeah. Sasha's got trial trial of Chicago seven. Yeah. This year big as month well. for him. He could, yeah, back he could weeks, have, a, he could have, have a good, really good 2020 when it's all said and done. Maybe the only person out there mm-hmm. who will. And man, he, yeah, that, that, that's, that's probably my most anticipated of the, of the year. Yeah, now that everything's been canceled, yeah, yeah. Was. no, I haven't officially put anything on the record. I don't. I, we didn't do a, an official episode or anything like that this year, but that's it. That's the one. Yeah, it was that and Bond, and now I guess Bond is next year. 
So, yeah. Uh, speaking of, <laughs> they flex Dune to next October too, guys. Yeah, we're not Today, we're not seeing another movie in theaters this year. It's it's not going to happen. Bond is not uh, as they they push that one away because I yeah. see Billie Eilish doing a ton of Bond press yeah. right now. So. I know it's weird. I didn't coordinate <laughs> that well, but that song slaps. By the way, but uh, but yeah, no, no Bond. Yeah, of that it did. Wonder Woman I mean, will be next. I'm sure. Obviously, I mean, not to be cynical. Um, there's obviously health things and concerns and all of that. Of course, people care about but i guarantee you if tenet had made 300 million dollars then all those movies yeah, would still be in theater. for sure but for it sure. did yep. that's a good point i think maybe in january when some of the some of these big movies that really need to make a lot of money to make it worthwhile you you might see some january february releases of, of smaller budgeted films you know and then it kind of doesn't matter as much if it if it uh if it doesn't do well but but then do the theaters stay open when they don't have anything to show? I mean, it's a it's a fun, super fun year that we're in trying to figure all this crap out. Yeah, I thought we were kind of in a place where we could slowly start to reopen theaters. I guess that's not the case anymore. Maybe I haven't been paying attention, but... I think yeah. it's more the money issue. I, th- I just yeah. don't think there's enough... With the social distancing required to operate the theaters safely... And then people's just added not enough the capacity willing, of having to have it fifty percent, and just, and and just then, not yeah. enough people are willing to go. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and so you know, I think Tenet was the one that spooked everyone. They go, okay, that was a lot of work for whatever nineteen mm-hmm. million dollars or whatever mm-hmm. it was against. Sure. So yeah. let's rethink this. Is it better? Especially a lot of these studios that are releasing these large films, WB, um, things like that. I mean. Is it better to make nineteen million this year or to sit on it and make um you know five hundred million next year? If you have the cash to sit on it, probably mm-hmm. should just sit on it, you know, yeah. and wait and wait it out. I mean, I think we all agree that theaters will come back at some point. I don't think, you know, I'm not saying there'll be a vaccine in the next three months or or that we'll all be herd immune or whatever. I'm just saying I, I don't think this will be a five year problem. So if you have the I know you're, you're beholden to shareholders and everything, but I don't know. I think even a even a, a money now shareholder would would understand the difference between I don't know fifty x the revenue if you wait nine months is probably mm-hmm. the smart way to go. Sure. Yeah, it almost surprises me that they didn't do with Tenet something like some IMAX exclusive thing, where you soft launch it out there, and if it's lighting the world on fire, if every screening is sold out of yeah. Tenet. Then you keep you slowly keep putting it out there. Yeah. Of all the and, times, and if, to have do the, the official release. release next summer, you know, and yeah. and make this like official early, blah 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 mm-hmm. for twenty five dollars. You can go see it on IMAX only. You know, make it some sure, limited sure. thing of people that are just willing to go, and it's exclusive, and you get a free poster when you go, and kind of a you thing. Can control you know? the reels. I mean, that's the big the big concern. Yeah. I think is the pirating. So they once yeah. it's out, it's got to be out, right? Because if you have tenant mm-hmm. out in fifty theaters, then it's going to get out somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if you have it out in twenty, and you can control the reels, and it's an IMAX format, that might be easier to to fight against. But I don't. I'm not yeah. making these decisions. No one's called me. I wait by the phone all day. <laughs> yet, but I, I do have a landline. Yet. It's a landline, and I don't have service. That's <laughs> besides that, though. I'm ready. Well. We'll have to see what happens there, but man, it's it's been it's been quite a year, and I I saw I put this in our Discord, and I, I probably should should tweet it out because it's 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 funny slash alarming, um, in the same way. So E put out their um, best of twenty twenty list. Did you see that? Or like they have their yeah. E E People's Choice Awards, something yeah. like that. Yeah. They have really their pretty bleak, watch. man. Pretty bleak. <laughs> yeah, they have their. So I guess you go online, or I guess that's what People's Choice means, right? You vote, and then they have mm-hmm. a an award show. I don't know if this is a thing every year. Richard, right. can you confirm or deny that E People's Choice Awards is something is a thing every year? I'd never heard of. I didn't know that well, was a show. You, if you read my blog, um, yeah, that's why I'm asking no, you. I have no, I, have I, know. No, I have no idea. It is a thing. 
You have is to it, uh, you have to it, fax in your vote, <laughs> though. So it's, yeah, is it the same tough. as the old CBS People's Choice Awards, and they maybe bought it, or is it a different? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, because I've heard of People's sure. Choice Awards. I didn't know you could just add e People's Choice Awards. Anyway, so that's all Viagom though. That, so that, that that's I bet uh, it's, it's rebranded. A, it's beside the point. Anyway, um, the movies of 2020. Mm. Are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. The nominees for yeah. best film of 2020. By the way, are... you took over in 2017. So okay. Oh, okay. So it is the People's yes. Choice Awards. Okay. Mm-hmm. The movie of 2020. The nominees are Bad Boys for Life. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Extraction. Three for three so far. Mm-hmm. Nailing it. Hamilton. <laughs> okay, yeah. Project Power. I think it's Project Power, but mm-hmm. that's fine. It's common, common mis, uh, mispronunciation. No, that's Jamie Foxx. Oh, wait. Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. That came out this year. Kind of forgot, to be honest. Not not about the movie, but that, yeah, that, that was, was 2020. The Old Guard. And Trolls World <laughs> Tour. <laughs> So there they are. Those are your. <laughs> those are the best films of, of 2020. Mm-hmm. So vote. Have your vote. No tenant in that uh, list, by the way. Oddly. Oh my gosh! Can I? Can I make it worse? Can I? Can I do the best male movie star of 2020? Oh no! I've got. Nervous, don't no. look this up. Okay, yeah. don't look this up. I'm. Going, I find the term male offensive. Yeah, I'm going to read this in order with the punchline at the end. Okay. Chris Hemsworth, Extraction. Mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx, Project Power. Lynn Manuel Miranda, Hamilton. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg, Spencer Confidential. Oh, man. Every Netflix movie on here. Yeah. Hold on. Tom Hanks, Greyhound. <laughs> Will Smith, Bad Boys for Life. Robert Downey Jr., Doolittle. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you ready for the punchline? Oh, no, it's worse than that. And Vin Diesel in Bloodshot. <laughs> oh, man. oh my it. goodness! Um, I guess the people didn't see Defy Bloods. To maybe, be fair, perhaps. the wording of it is like the male movie star. It's not best actors, so like you know, you can no go John for David Vin- Washington, no Robert Pattinson. Technically, no. Vin. Is terrible in Bloodshot. Bloodshot's an awful movie. But if it's just of my movies, if I'm just voting to support mm-hmm. him as a movie star, I guess yeah, I can. That's a good point. Did The Rock put out a movie this year? No. How much well. did Netflix pay to say, hey, all right, Project Power needs to be nominated for Well, Best you know Picture. what? I don't think they can even yeah. pay. You know, I think it, it, and this is interesting, kind of. Uh, it, these are nominated by the people, right? Obviously, that's the name. Very, and like, uh, I think. You know, Netflix just has the biggest reach. Like, uh, so many mm-hmm. more people saw Project Power than other stuff. So For perhaps sure. it was just yep. that. Yep. No, it's totally because they it nominate is. it and then they vote on it. So they so. have a huge market share on that. Yeah, stuff. it's like yeah. how I mean, the TV show on this every year was you know whatever you know, best show Survivor, and it was also that always cracked me up because all the CBS shows would win. Is this the just, award show that they give the surfboard? No, that's the Blockbuster yeah, or the Nickelodeon. Blockbuster, or blockbuster Awards? Is that still? <laughs> that was, who I bought that? I I Chicken Soup for the Soul uh, Awards. The Barton yeah. family bought it, and I win it every year. But the CBS used to drive me nuts because you would, you would only see commercials to vote for the People's Choice Award on CBS mm-hmm. programming. Thus, CBS programming won every award. It's right. a great racket by them. Mm-hmm. Can I read you guys the list of hosts from the oh, People's please. Choice Awards over the last 25 years real fast? Who is it this year? Uh, let me let me guess. I can I can probably tell you who it's going to be. Wait, is it is it is it comedian? Kevin Spacey? It, it's he TBA signed a seven year deal. This year. It's TBA. So, okay, so we don't know. I'm okay, going to guess anyway. not because the it's last probably years, virtual host of, of yeah the last few years there was not a host. So I I guess they're not doing the show anymore. But ninety five was Tim Daly and Annie Potts. This is like <laughs> this is peak. This this. These next few names are just so inside baseball, our dumb bits that we say to each other to, to make each other laugh. Uh, so, 95, Tim Bailey. I'm sorry, Tim Daly and Annie Potts. 96 is Brett Butler. Um, 90, sorry. 97, Don Johnson and Roma Downey. Um, 
98, Reba McIntyre and Ray Romano. <laughs> Reba McIntyre. Uh, 99 was Ray Romano. 2000, Don Johnson and Cheech Marin, hot off that Nash Bridges pub. Mm. Um, the next two years were Kevin James. Thank God. <laughs> 2003 was Tony Danza for some reason. I think Peaking. that was way past oh, the prime three. there, but okay. Now you forgot uh, the Who's the Boss assance. <laughs> is, was you know, there? Was no. there some? No. But, oh, um, I need to watch Who's the Boss again. <laughs> I forgot about that show. When you see it sequentially, it's a whole different ball. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. 2004 was Charlie Sheen and John Cryer. 2005, Jason Alexander and Ma- Malcolm Jamal Warner. Oh, were I know why. You together? know why? I don't remember. They were that. playing Kornheiser and Wilbon on the Kornheiser sitcom. Not kidding. Oh, that that's CBS. right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I forgot that was a thing. That was the. I'm uh, listening up. forgotten that's a thing, too. Um, <laughs> oh, for sure. He still wears the jacket from it, though. <laughs> which is really funny. Because it was a good day. It was Craig Ferguson. Jacket. 2007 through 2011, quite a run for Queen Latifah. Uh, that makes and sense. then we had yeah. uh, Kaylee Cuoco for two years. Also makes sense. <laughs> 2014 was Kat Dennings and Beth Bears, the two uh, bro, the two bro girls. girls. They just scream. They didn't need microphones, so that's good. They <laughs> could just scream their jokes out to the crowd. Uh, 2015 was Anna Ferris and Allison Janney, uh, American mm-hmm. Treasure, Allison Janney, and then mm-hmm. Jane Lynch, Joel McHale. The last two years, none, and then TBA for mm-hmm. 2020. So Brett Butler, though, just the that's a tough beat for Joel McHale in 2018 <laughs> when they're just like we're good. No, oh, who are you replacing me with? No one. Nobody. <laughs> just, just an empty microphone. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that by the time he hosted the ceremony in January of 2017, that Great Indoors show had been canceled. And so that was a great move by all parties. Wait, that has? <laughs> Sorry, man. I, had a I know it ended on a cliffhanger. Dude, I've been waiting for a season two, like, <laughs> every day. I'm looking now at the old host, man. Dick Van Dyke's hosted these a lot. Mm-hmm. Carl Reiner. Yeah. Yep. John Denver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John Kenny Ritter Rogers, and Jane obviously. Seymour. And mm-hmm. Burt Reynolds. Oh, that's mm-hmm. that's uh what was that? Is that that's Knott's Landing Burt Reynolds too. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 skipping the main point of this, guys. What's gonna be best picture of, of twenty twenty? According uh, to the people. Right in vote Sonic, probably Trolls <laughs> World Tour. Yeah, yeah how Sonic is Sonic is, not on there? Yeah, chronically <laughs> underrepresented. Yeah. Uh, what? Upper representative? Under yeah. rep- I think it's going representative to be representative. <laughs> two. I think it's going to be either Hamilton mm. or Bad Boys for Life. I think it'll be Hamilton. Yeah, it's got to be Hamilton. It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Weird list. Weird list. If that's a movie, which I'm open to both sides of the debate, that's the best movie of the year, <laughs> right? Still not but of sure course, it is the People's Choice Award, so it'll probably be something. It'll probably be mm-hmm. NCIS the movie or something. Yeah. Well, this episode of Mad About Movies is brought to you by our friends over at BetterHelp. On our Discord channel, we've got a trust tree channel that maybe you're out there, maybe you need someone to talk to. Maybe you need someone to run life by. Maybe you're just feeling stressed. Our Discord is one way, but another way, if you want professional help, is BetterHelp. Maybe something's interfering with your happiness. Maybe you want to connect in a safe and private online environment with somebody that can help you out. BetterHelp is here for you. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, send a message to your counselor anytime. It's not self-help, it's professional counseling. All without ever having to leave your house or sit in a waiting room, you can get professional help with depression, stress, anxiety, grief, self-esteem, trauma, family conflicts, LGBT matters, anything that you could possibly be dealing with, BetterHelp is there for you. I've tried better help and trust me, it's a life changer. If you want to start living a happier life today, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash mad. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash mad. Join the over 1 million people taking control of their mental health. Again, over at betterhelp.com slash mad. Thanks, BetterHelp. All right. Our main topic <laughs> of note. Oh, there is one fabulous <laughs> is I'm thinking of ending things. Mm. Ah. This is a movie adaptation of a book mm. that my wife had read. She had actually heard of this. She had, she had told me earlier this year, Hey, look out for this movie. I'm thinking of ending things. And I said, Oh, I think that's coming out on Netflix. No problem. We'll be able to, you know, be able to watch it whenever it, uh, 
or comes out, she's really excited to, to finally get to watch it. She watched it like the first day or night it came out, like, a, you know, when I was working or whatever, and um, said it was pretty much exactly like it, she had pictured it in her head. <laughs> and I was like, that's an interesting way to put it, because when you watch this movie, it's hard for anyone to imagine this, mm. you know? <laughs> But uh, I had never read the book, Richard, you know, to start this thing off, book guy of note of show, Richard Barden. Have you heard of this book? And uh, what's the reputation of it? I've heard of it. Very good reputation. I've not read it. Um, not as hip on modern lit like this as your uh, lovely wife. And so, but I, I'm, I was aware of this and, and excited for it. I love Charlie Kaufman. So anytime I hear that he's doing anything and adapting something especially adapting something because he's such a crazy original writer, you know, you want to, uh, you don't think of him as, as someone that adapts things. So it was like, okay, that must be a pretty trippy book, pretty crazy. And then, um, but was very excited for this, but yeah, no, the book is, was, was very well received. It's like, um, Ian Reed or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think this yeah. is one of the ones she read when we lived next to the, uh, city library. Nice. And we just walk over there almost every other day, and we have like stacks of of books. She was she was reading like a book every other day at that point. But uh, yeah, big recommend, side recommend, Living by the Library. Brian, had you heard of this going in? Had not heard of this, uh, not heard of the book, and and didn't didn't watch a trailer before queuing this bad boy up on on Saturday nice. night. So had had the only thing I knew going in was. Charlie Kaufman, Jesse Plemons, and uh, and that's that's a that's about it. And Jesse Buckley as well. Jesse Jesse. Mm. Yeah. So Brian, just to uh, rewind and to shout out our Discord community, yeah. saw you had talked about this uh, in there with them and our what mm -hmm. what I've been watching uh, channel, sure. where, you, where we talk about you know what we're currently watching and and all that. And I didn't know Charlie Kaufman for you was in the. Dave Eggers, Darren Aronofsky category of anti Brian Gill movies. I like. I thought you I would love be kind of into this. Okay, I love Charlie Kaufman when I love Charlie Kaufman the writer. I, oh, okay, I didn't. I would not have said this is he's he's certainly not in the same camp to me as as Dave Eggers, where it's just like I I'm done, and and Aronofsky too. It's this is. I'm sure that people can really enjoy this. I am not one of those people and I'm just, I'm done. I'm, I'm done attempting to try to, to mm -hmm. peel through whatever they're, they're bringing to the table. It's not quite to that level. Uh, but I did have a feeling just judging from what, like I said, I didn't watch a trailer or anything, but I just judging by what our, our VIPs were saying in our discord over the last couple of weeks, I was like, I kind of have a feeling I'm not, this is not going to be my, my type of movie. And, and that feeling was, was was correct this was not my not my thing i think he is i think Kaufman is a brilliant writer um he is far smarter than i am and i don't know that he's necessarily interested in showing that he's smarter than i am like some of the other um filmmakers that i i just don't have time for are i don't think that's his point when he makes a movie so at least like something like this I just tell you, I'm not going to give it a very good grade, but I can at least say I don't know that his intention was just to show off how intelligent he is, yeah. and and I respect that. Um, but it is there. I don't know. Like not too long into this, I was I was like I I would like to I would I'm thinking of ending my viewing of this movie. This is, <laughs> this is rough. This is just really not not up my alley. Um, but I like I said I like him as a writer. I just I think for, to get through to me, I then need somebody um, who is a talented director to come in and sort of distill it into something that is watchable for me to, to hit my personal uh, tastes, I guess. Yeah, Richard, any um, preemptive thoughts here? Yeah, no, he's uh, certainly get that. And, and uh, I love, yeah, I love Charlie Coffin as a writer. I think that's certainly his, his greatest skill, but it's been interesting to watch him become... Um, you know, more of a more of a filmmaker, more of an auteur with with Anomalisa and Synecdoche, New York, and all that stuff. And, and those two films I like quite a bit. Um, you know, the the 
This is a little bit too long. I wish, you know, that's where you wish it would be tightened up a bit from a, from a, a maybe a different director, but also maybe a different director makes it longer as well. You never know. Uh, sometimes with a really skilled director. Uh, but, uh, but the one thing I would say, not to not to dispute you whatsoever, Brian, but I I like you know these are two really good performances or, or many good performances in this and, and, and some really great actors in it. But uh, you know Kaufman's work, at least with actors, as a director was you know sometimes was better than a lot of times when people are writers for a long period before coming directors, especially someone whose like last film was stop motion. Mm-hmm. Um, I found these performances really good. Jesse Plemons, obviously, kind of weird seeing after Synecdoche, New York, to see Jesse Plemons, who so many people think is you know the second coming almost of Philip Seymour Hoffman in a Charlie Kaufman movie was was it was bizarre, but he's excellent. I I was unfamiliar with the oeuvre of Jesse Buckley, and so uh, kind of uh, was revelatory in this, and um, and uh, enjoyed her quite a bit. I always like Tony Collette. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I like this a lot. I mean, as, as, as Brian kind of knows, it's not up his alley. Brian and I have very similar tastes on most things. We have a little bit of like a 10%, whatever the opposite of a Venn diagram is, <laughs> sure. of things we don't uh, always see eye to eye on. And this is kind of right in that. So, so I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I dug this far more than Brian. and But I certainly understand it not being for you. And it doesn't, it doesn't you know... Um, it has nothing to do with sort of the pretension of it. It's just the, the kind of tone of it is not for you. Just like, um, you know, the kind of Spielberg-y Stranger Things thing isn't for me. We sure. all have that sure. kind of... It's more of a vibe thing, I think, than anything, if I'm hearing you correctly. Yeah. No, I think... I mean, there's some. There's definitely some some pretension to this, but that's fine. Like, we can... But that's the book, too. I mean, yeah, that's... Yeah, sure. totally. All, all three of us, I think, hopefully, anyway, I think we kind of maybe ride the line a little bit of being able to to appreciate pretension like that as long as it's not you know slathered yeah. on in a and there's, ridiculous way and it's not and, and, Kauf, it's, it's, and this is less than some of his other works sure right sure. where something yeah. like adaptation or mm-hmm. um uh malkovich where those are super pretentious but like super funny mm-hmm. and so it kind of cuts that pretension because they're comedy films on the on the whole with some a lot of high-minded crazy stuff but they're comedy films this isn't this is much more of a drama so any pretension that this has is kind of highlighted more right yeah it's, it's not like, it's not like undercut but yeah. yeah it's, it's not undercut point. by his sort of like it's not like a dark comedy it's i wrote straight, on david like, carvey show yeah it's like you know, kind of thing. it's like charlie kaufman's manchester by the sea it's like, <laughs> yeah, it yeah it's like <laughs> yeah yeah it's gonna be good but is it am i gonna like it you know <laughs> yeah totally yeah. uh I, I totally can can see, can see that opinion and and respect that um, he's not for everybody. I had gone back earlier this year, maybe last year, and and rewatched both Eternal Sunshine and Being John Malkovich, and gosh, those are those are just incredible movies from a from a writing standpoint. Um, there's yeah. something about his voice, his, his tone, the way he, his dialogue, you know, the way he paints characters that just really interests me. I don't know. He has, he always focuses on really introspective individuals, you know, that are mm-hmm. going through some big life change or looking for some place in the world or something. I just really like I really like the narration aspect of what he does. I, I think there's just something really unique about what he brings to the table. And it's very novelistic, Par- which is funny. That yeah. And doing a novel is sort of ironic. Yeah. yeah when, when paired with the right director, I think it, you can, you know, Michelle Gondry or Spike Jones, you can have some, some great results. I love Anomalisa. And, you know, that was certainly overlooked a couple of years ago. And the, I think it was nominated for best uh, animated animated movie, but ended up losing, of course, to, to Pixar or one of those. Uh, I believe it was Pixar that year. And yeah, it's just one of the thing, one of those things where you take a creative leap and you can kind of apply your voice to a lot of different genres, mediums. It's in a kind of a Wes Anderson way, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll just do stop motion. That seems fun. I've always been a fan of it, and. I think I could I think I could have an impact there and I think he certainly did. But this movie is 
I don't know, maybe we use the term, I guess while we're talking about Wes Anderson, the most Wes Anderson-y Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> this might be the most Charlie Kaufman-y Charlie Kaufman movie, mm-hmm. right? And it's not 100% his idea. Mm-hmm. Or, vo- or I mean, it is his voice, but not his intellectual property or anything like that. So it's weird. It's weird to say, but I this was would not be one of the first I would recommend to somebody if they said I've never seen Charlie Kaufman movie. Where should I begin? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just start there. If you've never seen one of his movies and this is the first one, this is probably not a good, great place to start. You're not easing into it with this one <laughs> by any means. Yeah. Having said that. I found myself pretty intrigued all the way through just because you know something's coming with these movies, right? You know some kind of twist, some kind of revelation, some kind of reveal is going to happen that is going to put things in perspective or at least let you appreciate what Kaufman was going for here. Mm -hmm. And I found that to be true with this one, you know? And yeah, it was harder for me to follow than a lot of his other films were. But uh, I was still intrigued by it. And just to Richard's point, I think Jesse Plemons, I mean, he might be my favorite actor. I mean, he is Mm. anything he does. I'm just automatically glued to the screen. And this was no different. And and what I found interesting was the juxtaposition or the, the playing back and forth of perspectives where, you know, obviously it's, it's, Lucy or woman unknown or whatever we want to call her, Jesse in this to start out. And, and you think it's from her perspective and then it sort of shifts to his perspective. And you, in once I had that revelation, I was like, Oh, this could be his story and not her story. Right. Mm-hmm. That really made me, I don't know, look at it in a different light while I was watching the movie. And I agree. Yeah. This one was long. This one was tough. I had to pause this one, and come back. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I really liked uh, what he was going for. It's certainly not one of my favorite Charlie Kaufman movies, but um, I mean, I can appreciate it. Um, I mean, what I recommend it though is the tough question, you know, because <laughs> depends on the like, person. It's at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, when this, what this podcast is about is, should you see this? Should you not? And it's just for a certain person. And I, it's I don't European think it's feeling as, too. I think because it has that. I think there's a European gentleman that was the cinematographer. It has that really cold uh-huh. um, thing to it. I like muted. As well. yeah, yeah, if you're not into that vibe either, right? Um, I get that too. Yeah, and it's a bit surreal too. Sure. I don't know if there's something about psychedelic elements of movies that really freaks people out too. That they can't handle the unreality of it all, and I I kind of like that and. You know, to me, this wasn't as far down the road of pointless pretension as The Lighthouse was last year, <laughs> where it's just like so in your face and so going nowhere that it's almost offensive. This one at least felt inspired by some kind of, I don't know, reality <laughs> in a way, you know, uh, at least talking about depression or mental health or people's. <sighs> need to channel their frustration somewhere else or through something else. And that was cool. But yeah, the, the one only thing that they called me as pretentious was like the way they shot it with the four by three aspect ratio, you know, the, the kind of letterbox or reverse letterbox format. And to me that, that the, all that does as a filmmaker director is say, I'm stripping away everything, but the performances here. Mm-hmm. And the camera is only going to be focused on these people because that's all that matters, you know? And they do a little bit. They play a little bit with, like, some cool shots here and there. Not nearly as much as The Lighthouse did. And, of course, that took away Best Cinematography this past year because they they really emphasized that here. But to me, it's just, like, it's about eliminating distractions by chopping off sides of the screen and saying, all right, listen to what these people are saying because that's Mm -hmm. the point. So, yeah. That's kind of my general thoughts. I don't know if anybody had any thing to 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 rant or rave on my uh, my ten minute soapbox there. On uh, no, I think that's really 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 smart. I think it's it's 
you know, it's a little bit. I, what's interesting about this is to bring that sort of absurdist Kaufman, pardon me, Kaufman sensibility. Um, Kent, can we record that, re-record that sentence? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, um, that that uh, uh, <laughs> sensibility to a relatively straightforward story in terms of um, in terms of the A story, and see how kind of uh, how haunting you can make it through its the, some absurdist choices, but it's relatively it's not like you know super high concept really it's pretty relatively normal concept with these other flares of of Kaufman so yeah it's 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 interesting almost felt like a a directing or writing exercise by him to like learn a new skill set I felt like this was a movie like I felt like this was a movie he made to like learn something for something else he's trying to do I don't know and I have no I I don't know anything I don't know what, yeah, what he's it kind up of to, means it to felt, an end more than it, more yeah, than it is. Yeah, you know, like every a, once in a while that'll happen is like a, a really interesting filmmaker will do something, you go, oh, that was kind of weird, and then they do a bigger, you know, it's, oh, I bet they, they were kind of testing something there, but I, I don't know. But I love I love Netflix um, yeah, doing, that is cool. doing they, stuff they like would, this. Yeah. They would do something like this. That, that, that was surprising look. that when I saw it wasn't an Apple TV or an HBO that was putting this out. Yeah, for sure, and... Uh, he he's got. To, I'm trying to think. I was trying to see if this was. I think this was always. Yeah, this was always intended. This isn't COVID Netflix. This is OG Netflix. So, but he's got. I mean, his next thing coming out is Chaos Walking. So we know that'll be great. So, oh, man. is it really? He really wrote that. He's one of like 41 screenwriters <laughs> oh, on it. Oh my gosh! Okay. He was so the first he, writer. Yeah. Oh, he was. He, he was number one. He was the first writer. I mean, that's a that, that's a book series. So it was yeah. an adaptation. Uh, he was the first writer, and Zemeckis was going to direct. And then they both oh, speaking of Zemeckis, right up your Did wheelhouse, you, yeah. Brian. Did you see the, yeah. the Zemeckis, like, uh, yeah. I don't know if it was a joke in this movie or what, but we yeah. thought that was very funny. Or <laughs> just kind of cuts off into directed yeah. by Robert Zemeckis in the middle of the movie. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I read that, that for that, he had, like, an assistant or somebody, an AD maybe, that was... Just basically tasked with just just find a think of a a, a director that would be funny to be directing this like very typical rom com type mm-hmm. movie, and then somebody was like, "What about Robert Zemeckis?" And he was like, "Yeah, that's it. That's that's what we're going with." So, we'll, nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> that would have definitely gotten to the human core of the film. Though, sure. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'm surprised Brian didn't up it two letter grades because of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, an anti Zemeckis yeah, joke. Zemeckis? I'm in. All right, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Yep. Yeah, that should go up at least. Uh, that should turn. If you, let's say you give it a D plus, that mm-hmm. should make it a C minus okay. for that. I'll try. To if you're going to be intellectually consistent, I I want half a letter grade <laughs> yeah. or a third of a letter grade, I suppose. Sure. Something else I really found myself, uh, I guess, intrigued by at least at the outset was the. The title of the movie, the way it starts with her saying, I'm thinking of ending things, and that dramatic irony of the audience knowing she's like thinking about ending this relationship, but him not knowing, and then like going on this trip with him and <laughs> having to meet the parents. And it's kind of like a weird psychedelic, not psychedelic, psychedelic's not the right word, a, a different interpretation of like a get out situation you know where you're going to meet the the folks for the first time and you don't know what to expect and it could be anything and but at the same time you're thinking of ending things with this person but i like that that irony and the the play on that um in the car ride scenes between jesse uh buckley and jesse plemons yeah i mean it was well shot it was interesting yeah. i mean i i think i feel those scenes, which which is, I would guess between them, it's about fifty minutes of screen time. I mean, it's <clears> yeah, really it's they're, they're very long. intensive dialogue uh, yeah. scenes. I, yeah, that for me is like I guess, and I, I I probably wouldn't have have said this coming in, but maybe it was a uh, like some sort of realization about myself. But like, you know, people who just can't watch The Office because it's too cringy, they just can't handle cringe humor. That was that that may be my cringe humor. I was like, <laughs> That's really a good way to coming put it. out of my yeah. chair. It was very uncomfortable and and distur- almost disturbing. I was just like, "This is please." I'm so uncomfortable right now. Please make this stop. You don't like couples on the outs. 
I mean, for fifty freaking minutes, like yeah. I, I was. So you I didn't like dying. Marriage Story? I was dying. No, I mean, I, I, <laughs> it's this is a weird, this is a tough one for me to grade because I, I did not, I really aggressively did not enjoy watching this movie. But I get its themes. I understand what it was doing, and it's 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 well done. It's good acting. It's all these sorts of things. But I, I, I really dislike it. I really did not. Yeah, enjoy, uh, I understand. Sitting down to watch it. Yeah, we had kind of mixed reactions in the Discord when it came to the the Mam Fam talking about this one. Some people were like, "Wow, that was the best movie I've seen this year," and some people just mm-hmm. not for them. And I think that's kind of. It's kind of where you fall, typically with with Charlie Kaufman movies. I wouldn't sure. necessarily think this is any different. Like I said, this this movie is not going to change anyone's mind about about Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> about oh, now I'm a fan. Now I get it. This is exactly what it is and what you'd expect. Richard, what would you say is probably the most approachable Kaufman? Maybe adaptation. Adaptation. Um, Sunshine. People really love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like a wide swath of people. Uh, yeah. It doesn't seem like it'd be approachable, but I, I you know, um, mm, I mean, Malkovich is really funny, but it's not, it certainly requires some level of like, I don't know, satirical Hollywood yeah. interest and yeah. stuff. Like you have to kind of get some of the industry jokes, which I'm not saying that like I get them and you don't. I mean, if you're not into that, you're not going to really like that movie is what I mean. Um, but yeah, I mean, his first few, especially as a writer, were more approachable. I, I would say it was at, starting with Synecdoche, uh, it got a little more niche. But I still think he's got a couple in him, you know. I wish he would inject a little more humor into things later in his career. I understand. Um, yeah, I know he wrote a big comic novel this year. It was like 800 pages of craziness. had like Android Donald Trumps and stuff in it, but... Uh, I mean, he pur- he purposely wrote it so that it could never be ad- adapted. That was the whole bit, um, which is kind of funny. But um, so maybe all his humor went into that. But yeah, I like him. I always think his stuff because it is so high concept and high minded and philosophical and all those things. I always think it works best, you know, with a little bit of the cut the medicine with a little com- comedic sugar. But mm-hmm. I am someone who completely intellectualizes the world through comedy. Like I, lo- I only think people are smart if they're funny. I'm an idiot that way. So this might be a really more important thing just for my taste. I always like it a little more when there's a little, little sugar with that broccoli. Um, and and I always think things work better, you know, in terms of getting your ideas across. But that could be entirely specific to me. Yeah, it totally makes sense, and I can't argue with anything. You guys said this is certainly more down my alley than than either of y'all's. Um, I'm I'm not normally a fan of these, but I think I think as it's been a while, maybe it's this year that I've seen a movie that's like trying to be anything other than Project Power. <laughs> you know, yeah. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Well, maybe hopefully, that we'll get was, a maybe I was like, oh, that's so good to see somebody trying to like. I don't know. Yeah. Say something on 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 a movie again? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I'm just desperate for something, some kind mm-hmm. of art somewhere, sure. and something. <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of Tiger King and mm-hmm. bad <laughs> yeah, bad sure. things this year. I don't know. We uh we got you know we're in the season now. This kind of if if there's going to be an Oscar season, which who knows? Mm-hmm. If, if but I, I you I think there will be because I think these movies translate to streaming far better than mm-hmm. shoot 'em ups. But uh, yeah, we're kind of in it. I mean, I don't think this will be win or, or nominated for much, but uh, but it kind of signifies, okay, you know, this is the two months where we let the adults run the asylum for a while, and it's it's awesome. It's my you know, as I become old, this is my favorite time of year. So hopefully, it's indicative of some more interesting movies coming out. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. I, it doesn't. I mean, it actually does surprise me that a studio hasn't just swept into this October, November window and said, Oh, well, this movie would only make 10 to 20 million anyway. And if we put it out, it'll definitely win best picture. So let's do that. Let's, you know, maybe there will be a movie here in the next month that we haven't heard of that just gets released on Amazon. And it's just like easily, I think maybe Chicago seven might be that. I think that's a, I think it will be, that's an Amazon one. Certainly plays to a lot of, uh, I think it's Netflix. Netflix, isn't it? yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you know we might get Sonic too. Mm-hmm. You know, just mm-hmm. we will get. It just win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can. They just. I mean, they, they can reanimate the mouth. 
in four months, they can make a sequel. Exactly. Well, I'm certainly going to be higher on this one than you guys. I don't know if you're ready to to hit yeah, a grade or anything. Great. If you had, no, I, I liked I liked it a lot. I, I really did. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it. Uh, I'll probably give this one a B plus. Nice. That's right where I am. You, I'm a, I'm, I mean, okay. Richard. I'm a B plus as well on this one for me. Not quite an A, but uh, but definitely more good than bad. Brian, what about you? Uh, it's not. It's not as. Uh, I don't aggressively dislike it the way I did like uh, the lighthouse because that's a Mecca's joke. Mother, can, yeah, can, yeah, mother. Both of those movies can. <laughs> I need to re-listen to the mother episode. That was oh, that was gosh. maybe the the most mad Brian's ever been. I just that was so good. Both of those movies, though, it's it's it. I mean, I really mean this. I don't like this movie at all, but I I I really appreciate that um, that it, that at least Charlie Kaufman made fun of Zemeckis. I, same, <laughs> they made fun of Zemeckis, and that, like I said, I just to reiterate, I appreciate that he. He didn't just lather it in in pretension and like uh, so much symbolism, you know, like like to where you get like like nom flashbacks to ninth grade English class or something, you know, the way the way those movies tried to do it, and that it, it didn't seem like the point of it was to say I am significantly smarter than you, um, yeah, or, right, or to only appeal to uh, people who are currently at the, this very moment in film school, um, which, which those movies are, are real bad about, but I, I did not enjoy this at all. And I, I was, I was not, uh, I did not enjoy what I'll give it a, I'll give it a C minus because of the Zemeckis joke. So we'll, there we'll, you go. We'll so it would be an F minus minus, but it, plus yeah, two I grades, mean, look, yeah. this, this could touch the bottom ten of the year for me, but it's because probably because this is such a wheels off weird year that I'm not seeing as many movies as I usually a C minus will not get you in the in the bottom ten of of all the movies I see in a year, but this one could. I and it was it was definitely beyond except for maybe Capone. This is probably like my yeah. least favorite viewing <laughs> experience of the year. I would say Capone, man, what a time. <laughs> That is a movie that we saw and reviewed. Just <laughs> good gracious. I went to the theater. Yeah, wow. Well, how is that a, not a People's a Choice Award uh, put this on. nominee? <laughs> it was, Red, bo- it did, Red no, Box Films, guys. Come on. It was nominated for Best Diarrhea. Mm-hmm. We just didn't read that. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Best Diarrhea. <laughs> There's a lot of diarrhea movies this year. And that was, I was going right. to say, it was, it was between that and Trolls 2. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, do something we haven't done in a while here, fellas, at least on a review portion of the show. Let's hit a quick weekly recommend. Boom. Weekly recommends. All right. Who wants to start this thing off? How about you, um, Richard? Uh, well, okay. I can, I can go first. Let me pull up my, my doc here. Brian, if you're ready, you go ahead. I've got to. Sure. I can go. Um, I read a book. Congratulations to me. Um, Sweet yeah, brag. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't like to brag, but I'm pretty smart, guys. <laughs> I completed a book, so I'm gonna make a movie about that. Um, the I you got you remember World War Z? This is like super lowbrow compared to the movie we just talked about, so it's, it doesn't fit. Yes, so. World War Z. Yes, I did. Uh, World War Z, fine movie. It's, Okay, movie at least yeah. with the uh, with Brad Pitt. Miracle! Uh, it's like one of those NBA teams with a crap roster that makes a seven seed because the coach yeah. is good. Sure, for sure, that's a good way to put it. Uh, it f- relatively enjoyable type type movie. Um, the book that it is based on, I really enjoyed quite a bit. I read this maybe 10, 12 years ago. Uh, it's by Max Brooks, Mel Brooks's son. Uh, mm. It was in. It's done in an oral history fashion. I found it very. Uh, very interesting and, and kind of unique in the way it told its story and very good writing and stuff. He just put out a new book called Devolution, which is uh, about it's it's similar, but it, instead of oral history, it's like eighty percent of it is supposedly taken from this um, like a diary that was left behind um, in the from a. Uh, it's like the premise of the book is that uh, Mount Rainier explodes. 
and uh, and there's this little super green community that's kind of cut off from the rest of the world because of the um, because of the eruption and they are uh, attacked by by Bigfoot or Sasquatches Sasquatch Sasquatch Eye I don't know Sasquatches um, and it's so it's it's mostly a a sort of retelling based on the um, this diary that's left behind uh, that they they fa- they find in the remains of this village basically and uh, yeah it's it's yeah I don't think it's as good as World War Z but it is a it's a fun interesting sort of quick read it's like a nine hour audiobook and uh, the it's like full cast so it's like Judy Greer is the voice of the of the, the narrator or the the, the diarist. Uh, Nathan Fillion's in it. There's a few other names and, and voices that you'll recognize and stuff. And uh, it's it's just sort of a, a nice sci-fi beach read type of uh, type of a book. And I I enjoyed it uh, enjoyed it quite a bit. So it's called Devolution by Max Brooks. And I I did the audio book, nice. so I recommend the the audio book if that's uh, if that's your thing. Yeah, I've read the um, I didn't read World War Z, but I read the Zombie Survival Guide. Sure. Yeah. That he did. Yeah, that one's good too. That one's fun. It's really good too. I just love the conceit on World War Z, the way he did that with as an oral history. I'm a yeah, big fan as if of it's the totally oral real. Yeah. yeah. It was re- and it was just really well put together. This is a little bit less so. It's it's not it's not an A plus the way at least from a I mean from a formatting standpoint, I think mm. World War Z was. But it's 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 interesting and it's he uses it to I think to to pretty solid effect. So awesome. So I I had heard about that. I didn't know if it was any good, so I wanted to check that one out. Um, yeah, I like I like those kinds of books. Are you ready for Ready Player Two? Brian? Can't wait, man! I'm this, sure this it's month, not going to be it? that great. It's the end of His the month, last right? Book was yeah, yeah. Next next month, so I'm pumped. Uh, I really, I mean, that's my favorite book. So I'm I'm thrilled to return to that world. Um, I well, assume it will not got be you even more that hyped. great. But say it again. The movie got you even more hyped. Oh yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> Brian. Um, Speaking of audio, that was your the post. <laughs> yeah. No, you know Spiel- what? I I like Spielberg liked, did us dirty back to back years. I'm sorry, man. I liked uh, Ready Player One. Fine, we did the episode, and I it has become one of my go to uh, background movies, like when I'm writing good. or something, when I'm working. Okay, good. It's well, I'm solid. glad. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned audiobooks. You know, who's doing the Ready Player Two audiobook? Did you see no. that? Uh-uh. But get get. Who would is you think Will, it would be? Is it Will Wheaton? Yes. Okay. He's awesome. He's a great. Seriously, he's a great. Audiobook I was like that's reader. that's exactly if I yeah. was to guess who would do it. Mm-hmm. Like that'd probably be. <laughs> yeah. Who he, I would he guess. did he did Ready Player One and it's it's mm, it's a nice. really good audiobook. Yeah. He's he's perfect for like you wouldn't want him. How reading, is he on two X? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want him reading like one of uh, one of Richard's presidential biographies or something. But uh, but for for sci fi stuff, he's he's really good at it. He has he has a good voice for that stuff. Nice, Richard. What you recommend? Yeah, I'll do a book as well. Um, and this is a uh, I've, I've kind of read some different stuff this year, and this was one that was different. Um, Stephen Fry, the actor, writer, host, person of over across the pond, has this. Uh, it's two books. I think it'll be three um, later this year. Um, called Mythos and Heroes. Um, Mythos is the first book. Heroes, the second book, and I believe the third will be uh, a retelling of the Battle of Troy. And they're these great pop histories of mythos is about the Greek gods. Heroes is about all the heroes, you know, Hercules and stuff that come from the Greek god. And then uh, and then obviously the Battle of Troy. And they're just like the best tellings of all those stories. Um, and they're, they're done. They're very British. Obviously, it's Stephen Fry. And they're wonderfully dry and funny. And like um, he leaves nothing out from the original. You know, they're very like... A lot of those myths are very sexual and violent and all of those things. And he he approaches all that with a ton of humor and intelligence, and he's brilliant. And uh, yeah, some of the best. And, and if you do the audiobook as well, those are two audiobooks I did this year. Um, I have both. The audiobooks are incredible because he reads them and he's hysterical. He's a, you know, he's a comedian. Um, but then the actual books, which I also have because they're so beautiful. They're like big coffee table books with cool illustrations of all this uh, Greek uh, myth. So love, love Stephen Fry, and I, I love those books. They're really, really cool. Boom. A lot of book recommends. Yeah, so what far. you got, homeboy? I don't have a book uh, well, recommend right now. Vibe. But I do um, I have a documentary. Want to talk about Nice, it. nice. 
this has been on HBO. I've been watching it. I think it wraps up next week. Uh, so you can binge it starting pretty much this weekend. Um, have you guys watched The Vow yet? No. I have not. This is a a uh, documentary series about Nexium. Have you heard of Nexium? Oh, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the um, Allison Mack yeah. cult uh, mm-hmm. FBI sting a couple years ago? Yeah. So, yeah, it's an HBO docuseries about that. Oh, yeah. And, Not uh, the heartburn medicine. Just be clear. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, okay. It's uh, this thing. This is insane. Uh, oh yeah, it's nuts. You you need to as a you, member, I can tell you. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you saw, um, you guys came to my party, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a cross between the Wild Wild Country documentary that Netflix did mm. about the Rosh Hashanah uh, cult and the Scientology doc that they did. Um, you know, going clear. So it's a cross yeah. between those two. Okay. And, but what's crazy about it is this, uh, leader of this group, um, basically everybody that, that followed him or that was, that was part of this group. Um, it was basically spun as like an executive training course, you know, like people are like, Oh, I'm bettering my leadership skills and like all this. Yeah. It's like one of those, seminars you'd go to on a weekend right kind of things to to better your your sales skills or whatever you know so they were duping people into just generic and generic terms but but this um the guy that started it basically told everybody hey anytime you're around me anytime you're here you need to be recording everything audio video and this one guy the guy um who made this documentary what the bleep do you know um what the bleep do we know? Remember that one from like um, late two thousands? He was one of the main first guys in this uh, group, and he started filming him in two thousand five. <laughs> so he's filmed this guy for like almost ten years straight. So basically, all I have to say, like the footage of this documentary is all like actual footage from this. It's not them talking about it. It's not like oh he was here. It's like no, everything is on tape. Every every phone call, every Oh, I mean, it's insane. So um, if you actually want to see a documentary that kind of shows what happened instead of like talks about it, this is a really good one to to watch. Um, but yeah, man, it's just the power of, of persuasion and these people dedicating their lives to something they think is worthwhile and ends up being a, you know, a human trafficking uh, sex cult. So there you go. But uh, man, mean, this one's who hasn't been guys, there. Yeah, you, you know, guys would you, you you guys would really like this um, this doc. It's insane. <laughs> you're like two episodes into this thing. You're like, oh my gosh, Sweet. what is this? You know, yeah. oh, man, this is. I gotta it's check nuts. it out. I knew I knew that this documentary was happening, but I didn't know that that was the name of it. And I saw people like a whole lot of people tweeting about the vow, and I was mm-hmm. like, the Rachel McAdams Channing Fry movie. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. 2010 it seems like about. a weird thing for a lot of people to be pumped up about on Twitter, but, but, uh, yeah. So now that makes way more sense. I appreciate yeah, it. I, I actually found out about it cause I was looking for a book about it and mm. I searched for it on Google mm-hmm. and it said HBO series. And I was like, Oh cool. They're doing a doc. And then it turns out like the day I Googled that was like, it had premiered like two days before that, <laughs> the yeah. document, I was like, Oh, perfect timing. <laughs> and I just started watching it uh, in real time with the, with a doc, but yeah, highly recommended the vow. If you like these weird cults, murder, um, things like if this was on Netflix, people would be going nuts right now. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. Mm. One of those. All right. There you go. There you have it. A lot of we Netflix talk, a lot of recommends. This is another one. We did it guys. What's well, uh, a shout out, one. shout out to our VIPs for, for joining us every week over there as well. We're going to be bringing you an empire records episode yeah. exclusively to them this week in honor of the mm. anniversary. So join us there. Richard, where can we find you online? You can find me on social at Richard Barden. Kent, or pardon me, Brian, where can I find you? You can find me on the Twitter, bgill 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and briangill.gumroad.com. Kent, where can we find you? You can find me on the socials at Kent Garrison and find our show, Mad About Movies Podcast, 
Facebook.com. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Who knows what we'll talk about? Probably going to be on Netflix. We'll see you at the cinema, maybe, sometime soon. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me yaya. Yeah, yeah.